Can we lift our hands and give God praise in this house today? Hallelujah. Give me a little more. Or either something, I can't hear. What a mighty God we serve today, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. I want to get right into the Word today. I'm excited about what the Lord is going to speak to us in this service this morning. In 1 Peter, chapter 1. And as you can see, we've got a guy here that's kind of just... Just hanging out and waiting, that's the way it is sometime with God. And I'm going to talk about what to do while waiting on victory. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. I just want you to listen to the power of this scripture. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we can live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. It is pure and undefiled. Beyond the reach of change and decay. I love that. And through your faith. God is protecting you by his power. Until you receive his salvation. Which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. I want, I want somebody to grab that. There is joy. Wonderful joy ahead. Even though. You must endure many trials. Are y'all watching this? Be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials. But I love the last part for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world or when He returns. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you still trust Him. And you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls hallelujah can you say amen to the reading of the word now i want you to understand it is the will of god to give each one of us the victory in our lives before i start i want you to understand victory is ours if you are a child of god today i need you to grab that concept Victory belongs to you. It has been promised to you from Jesus Christ. He has already stated that we are going to be a victorious people. But there are seasons of difficulty before we reach those victories. So the question I have for you today that we've got to deal with is how in the world do you cope during the waiting period between what you're going through and the victory that God has already promised you? The waiting period is different for everyone. There are some people that are going to have to wait for days. There are other people that are going to have to wait for weeks. There are other people in this building for things you've been praying for. You may have to wait for years before God gives you that victory that you've been looking for. But it is important for us to remember that our starting point is victory. For in our text the Bible lets us know that Jesus Christ died at Calvary and when Jesus Christ died at Calvary the victory was already won at Calvary. 
So it is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross today that we know because he was victorious in death and raising from the dead, we now know that we also will be brought to life through Jesus Christ. The victory is ours. It has already been won. But yet, even though I know that, you know that, the fact of the matter is that there are still trials that are going to come our way. I was reading something the other day. There's two things that are sure. Does anybody know what those two things are? Death and taxes. You're going to have to do it till the day you die. You're going to pay taxes. You don't do that. They're going to come pick you up. You're going to jail. There's two things sure. Death and taxes. But the fact is that we can be certain also in the Christian life that trouble and trials are two things that God said is going to come to us. It was Job that said man is born of a woman. Said he has a few days but his days will be full of trouble. There's another scripture in Hebrews 10 38 that says that, the, that the, it would rain on the just and on the unjust. But the Bible said that those that have faith that he will secure them in his kingdom. But those that draw back he says I'll have no pleasure in them success or failure during the time of trial is not going to be determined by the trial it's going to be determined by how I respond to the trial you see you can take two people you can put them through the same circumstance and they're both going to come out a different way you can take somebody and you can give them a sickness. They're going to cry about it, whine about it. There's somebody else that's going to say, the Lord's on my side. If God takes me with this sickness, guess what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to go to heaven anyhow. You can take a person. You can take their husband from them or their spouse from them. And death can take them away. You can have a mother or a father and death take it away. Two brothers or two siblings, two brothers and sisters, they respond to that differently. One of them is going to go into hiding and say, why in the world? God would you take mama and then there's another one that's going to trust in the Lord and say I know that mama or daddy or grandma they're in heaven with the Lord right now God's got everything under control how you respond to your trial is what's going to determine how soon you can get the victory do you understand what I'm saying so today while I'm waiting on this victory I want to give you three simple facts today things that you need to do while waiting the first one is radiate God's presence in your life look at Hebrews 13 now the Bible said don't love money be satisfied with what you have that's a sermon all in of itself we could preach that but that's not what I'm preaching about today but wouldn't it do us good to learn how to be content in whatsoever state we are wouldn't it be great if we could just thank God for the house that we're actually living in instead of always praying for a bigger one? Wouldn't it be great if we would thank God for our vehicle that's 10 years old that got us to church this morning and saying, God, why don't you just give me a new one? If we would learn to be content in whatever state we were in, I believe God would bless us with more. That's just a sermonette, but let's move on. For God has said, I will never fail you I will never abandon you another version says I will never leave you I will never forsake you so we can say with what with confidence the Lord is my helper so I will have no fear what can mere people do to me what David's saying is if I'm going to go through a trial it is fine I'm going to radiate God's presence through the middle of my trial people are going to recognize that 
God is still moving in my life. You see, there's some unchangeable and immutable facts about God. They are stated in this scripture where God said, it doesn't matter what you go through, you need to rest assured, I will never leave you. And because God said, I will never leave you, now I am enabled to say, I will not be afraid of what men can do to me. By myself, maybe I'll be afraid and fearful, but when I know that the presence of God is with me in every circumstance, now I can say with confidence, I will not fear what man can do to me because I know that God's presence is with me. I want you to understand today, you radiate God's presence by drawing nigh to Him. The closer you get to God, the more that God is seen through your life. There's nothing more encouraging than than knowing that people are going through some things, and you know it, and they stand up instead of complaining, they testify of the goodness of God. Do you understand what they're doing? They are radiating God's presence in the middle of their trial. They are wanting people to know. It's like Job. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. So it's, it's at that time that even though people see your body's wrapped with pain, but yet you still praise God. See, I'm wanting you to understand today that, that there's something. People can be so close that when you, when you see one, you think of the other. I'm going to show you a picture really quick. Put that there, Chevy. This is my, my mother and, and her twin sister. Now, you have to look at this screen. This is the, so this was when they were three years old. Now, my mother and aunt are identical, just in case you can't tell. They're identical twins. All right, go to the next one. So as they got older, they went to school, and that's them. I'm showing you this to tell you that when they'd go to school, they would play tricks on the teachers. And so one of them would go to the other's class while the other went to the other class. And they told me time after time again, they never got caught because they could not tell the difference. You can take it off now. They could not tell the difference between the two of them. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God's presence was radiating through us so much that when I talk, people say, man, he talks like Jesus would talk. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the way that I act, people would say, that guy is acting like Jesus would act. Wouldn't it be great if when I praise God in the house of God that people would say, if Jesus was here in the flesh, Jesus, I believe, would praise just like he's praising. God, help us that in the middle of our trial, instead of running away from God, that we will run to God and say, God, let your glory show through me. Let your presence show through me. Because God is with you in the middle of your trial. He will never leave you or forsake you. So radiate God's presence. Secondly, I want to go to the second point, which is this. We have to remember his promises. So I want to tell you something, folks. Listen, before I move on, there are some people that, that, that I've pastored that I know that, that, that you just know when they're going through trials. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know anybody like that? Are you one of those people? You can just tell. When, when, when they're going through a trial, their head's down, they're discouraged. They ain't going to praise God. They're not going to sing with the choir. They're not going to do anything. And you look over there and think, what in the world's wrong with them? Let me tell you something, that's not radiating God's presence in your life. It makes us look weak. It makes us look as if we believe that God isn't able to bring us through our mess. Are you telling me, Pastor, I'm never going to be discouraged? No, I'm telling you, you are going to be discouraged. 
But I'm also going to tell you there's times I sit on this stage and I preach a sermon to you like I'm preaching today and I don't feel like praising God and I'm discouraged and I don't feel like the sun's ever going to shine. But do you think I jump up here and tell y'all that all is doom and gloom? No, I get up here and I let you know that God's on your side. You cannot afford every time that we look despondent through our trials and people walk up to us talking about, oh, what's wrong with you? How in the world are we going to help somebody with our testimony if that's the way we walk around all the time? Lift your head up high. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Listen, this coronavirus going around, my God, I'm getting on a rabbit trail, but here we go. This coronavirus going around, they people freaking out in the last five days. Our stock market has lost over 3,000 points. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely an overreaction. 3,000 points. All the gains that have been taken are just being pulled off the table. Now surely when they find it, it'll go back up, I'm sure. But my Lord, that was only with one or two or three cases. And then they started escalating a little bit. And it just kept piling down. So I figured, how long is this going to go on? If we get 1,000 cases, I guess we're just going to crash the stock market. People just freaked out. But I want to tell you something. God's people don't have to freak out. Because God has got everything under control. I'm not going to walk around depressed. What in the world are we going to do? I'm going to walk around. I'm telling the story that the Egyptians could tell today if they were here. Pharaoh could tell you if he could take this earpiece and this microphone. He'd let you know that God can take his people and protect them from pestilence. Protect them from sickness when everybody else in Egypt is suffering. The God of heaven is on Israel's side. I'm telling you today if God is for you who can be against you, radiate God's presence. He'll never leave you. He's right beside you. Point number two, I've got to hurry. We've got to remember His promises. God's Word, I've said it many times. I'll say it again from Genesis to Revelation. It is full of the promises of God. There is a, a promise for every problem that you will ever face in your life. And if Satan can cause you to forget those promises, I'm going to tell you, he'll claim victory over you. And I want to say it this way, he will win the victory over you if you fail to take hold of the promises of God. I remember Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, God said, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you or drown you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Don't you like it? The three Hebrew boys would testify that. Nor the flame scorch you. According to 2 Peter 1.4, by which we have been given these exceeding great promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world through lust. My God, I'm glad today for Jesus Christ, aren't you? Hallelujah. Now I want to show you really quick that a promise is only as good as the promiser. Do you have anybody in your life that if they, if they promise you something you know it's not going to happen? I was watching a little bit on that Jody Arias trial and, and just watching how that she was a habitual liar. Everything she told the cops about that murder that she committed, everything she said was a lie. She made up story after story. When that happens, you can't trust the witness. You put them on the stand. Everybody knows what's coming out of their mouth is a lie. A promise is only as good as the promiser. And I want you to know there's people in this life that will let you down. Go ahead and rest assured on it. I could sit here today and I could say, you know what? If you do this, that, and that, not, 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 I'm going to give you five things. You do all these things, Brian, and I'm going to give you $100 million. 
Now, Brian does these things, but I got news for Brian. I ain't got $100 million to give. So it doesn't matter what he does. If the promiser doesn't hold his end of the deal, he's going to work his butt off for $100 million, and he's not getting anything in return because I'm not going to make good on my promise because I'm not able to make good on my promise. But do you understand that the God that you serve today is a promise keeper? Do you understand today that I can show you incident after incident after incident where God told His people, I will do this for I I am the Lord. And time after time, God came through. There's some people in this house today that if you would be honest with me and if you'd be willing to stand up and testify, you would stand up and you'd testify and say, God made me a promise and God has kept that promise. Is there anybody in the house that knows that God's done it for you? Those nights that you were driving down the road and you about hit a deer, but the Holy Spirit showed up. God said, I will protect you. You know what it is. You understand the promise that His angels encamp around about those that love and trust in him you understand that at night your house is protected by angels you understand that as you walk through your day when trouble would have come nigh you but thank the Lord that the promise keeper kept his promise and said when the world's going to hell in a handbasket, I'm going to keep my people protected my God I feel like preaching today there's a promise for your problem Somebody said, Pastor, I'm having financial problems. I already got an answer for you. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply. Not maybe, but He shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Some have a banker that they'll go to for money. Some have family members they trust in. I'm going to tell you, I just go to Jesus Christ because Jesus owns the economy. Do you understand? As one man said, He owns the cow. He owns the hills. He owns the potatoes that are in the hills. He owns it all. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. My God Almighty, if I have a need of something. I'm not worried about going to somebody else to get it. God will supply my need. It's a promise that he's made to me. Not only that, he promises me in sickness. And In Exodus 15, 26, he said in sickness, For I am, he told Moses, Tell Pharaoh, I am that I am, has sent the Jehovah Jireh. We talked about that last week, the Jehovah's and the names of God. When I'm in sickness, for I am the Lord thy God that heals thee. Oh my God, have mercy. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm confused. Well, Proverbs 3, 6 has already said, in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. I don't know what to do. We're going to need to have a meeting down at the office. I got to have, so I got to know where to go. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. You can come to me. I'll give you a few words of advice or maybe what I think my opinion is, but at the end end of the day I guess I'll close the meeting like this in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall the pastor can't direct your path your honey can't direct your path but Jesus Christ has promised to all that believe in him he will lead them down the path that they should take there is a promise for your problem not only that, but he goes on. If you're fearful, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and strength, the very present help in the time of trouble. Whom shall I fear if God is for me? Who can be against me? 
There is a promise. So I said, well, I'm depressed. I'm depressed, Pastor. And depression's a real thing. Anxiety's a real thing. I'm not undermining that. I know it to be true. But in Psalm 121, we were at the mountains last week. I did a little Facebook Live video uh, because I'm crazy. I was chasing some bears down there. And I, I took some videos of those bears. And uh, I had Doug Isbell with me. And I had already decided if something happened and the bears took off after me, I was just going to trip Doug and keep running. And yes, I told him that too, so it's just no secret. As I was taking pictures of the bear, and I turned around to walk back, and I looked over that majestic mountain, I turned, and I said, no wonder the Lord said, I will just lift your eyes. David said, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. My help comes from the Lord. What David is saying, it doesn't matter how low in the valley I am, I can always look, because God is always higher than I am. He's at the highest place, and He will elevate me and lift me up to that place if I'll just trust Him. If you're depressed, God's got an answer for that. If you're going through loneliness, I just told you, Matthew 20. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. He said, I'll abide with you even to the end. And then in 1 John 1, if you got a sin problem, or even if you're a Christian today, and you fall into sin, and you make mistakes, let me tell you what God's already said in 1 John. If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Never allow the devil to rob you of the word of God it was the Lord's defense against Satan on his 40 day fast he said it is written it is written and I'm telling you the same weapon is still available to the saints today declare to the devil it is written a promise is only as good as the promiser but I'm glad to tell you he ain't never done me nothing but good like Polycarp go ahead and kill me I'll never recant this man he's been faithful to me in good times and bad times they killed Polycarp that day but 83 years have I served him he's never done me nothing but good listen to me folks his promises are true and I close with this simple point so we're radiating God's presence we are remembering his promises and lastly we are going to while we're waiting we are going to rely on God's power there comes a time in your Christian life that you understand that you're limited. You know, even as you age, you learn your limitations. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Unless you're Ada and you're sweet 16 when you're 89. I mean, other than her. But as you age, you feel limited. Even me, at my age, I'm 36 years old. My wife's probably rolling her eyes. I know he ain't complaining again. Here we go. Sometimes I jog with the dog. Man. You ever heard of runner's knee? It's a true thing. Trust me, I feel it. As you age, you learn. There's limitations. I get out there and I play ball with Branson sometime. And I, I dribble and I, I'm going. But sometimes if I get to going too hard, I'm like, whew, man, I'm getting a little short of breath here. I can't breathe like I used to could breathe. I can't hang like I used to could hang. But if you're like myself and Brian... You'll kill yourself trying that competitive drive. I may fall and get rushed in an ambulance to the hospital, but my God, I'm going to die trying to win. You have the drive in you, but you begin to understand as you age, and you know what I'm talking about. There's certain limitations. 
Even as you get older and you go to pick up something and you say, used to, I could do that with no problem. But now I've got a slip disc and I better not try to pick that up. I may injure myself. You learn your limitations. Listen, as you mature in God, there's one thing you're going to learn and that is your limitations. And I'm going to tell you a lot of times you are going to feel insufficient. And the reason is because you are. There's often times that you're going to feel like David. And you're just, David described it like this when he was talking about his insufficiency. He said, Lord, I am a worm. That's the way he described it himself because a worm is so fragile. You can step on it, squish it. You can take it in your fingers and squish it and kill it. A worm is a fragile little animal. And he refers to himself as being a worm. He is showing God within my own limitation, within my own abilities, I am limited. I am not able to do it. That is why I'm coming to you because when I can't rely on my own strength when I can't rely on my own ability or my own powers I know that I can trust in you because you are the Lord that delivers with a strong hand your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear your arm is not weakened that it cannot save God rely on him see see Isaiah 40 let me hurry he gives power to the weak And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. I went to a doctor one time. I was sick with some kind of mess. It was like a sinus infection. I had to preach the weekend. He whips up a concoction for me and B12. And I don't know what all he added to it. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. Maybe it was illegal. I'm just picking. But anyhow, he mixed that thing up. And for you that have been before, you know what a B12 shot is supposed to do. It's supposed to give you strength. When you're weak. It's it's like a vitamin. It's like an energy. To boost you up. And maybe help you get over it. I want to tell you something. That's the way that God's power is. He says when you are weak. I am strong. And when you get to a place. That you don't have the might. Within yourself to do it. Just go to me in prayer. Quote my scripture. Rely on my power. And I will inject you with an injection. Let me tell you. It's not a B12 shot. It is a shot of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost will come in to your body and empower you and then all of a sudden your weak little worm self that's so insignificant all of a sudden you stand up and let the weak say I am strong let those that are discouraged rise up and say I'm encouraged for those that are about to give up let us stand up and say victory is mine relying on God's power man's finite ability is so limited we cannot cope with today's problems but with God's infinite power he will always meet our needs let's go on to 1 Peter 5 but may the grace of all the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after y'all notice this little segment after you have suffered a while I'm sorry to tell these televangelists that preach you'll never suffer because it's a lie Because all through the scriptures we know that we will. But notice the next words. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now come on to the piano. I'm going to close with those four things. So Peter says there's four things that we can count on God when we're in the middle of trials, when we're waiting. The first one is that word perfect in there. That word perfect means to make an adjustment and to put in order. That means that there are some things changing in me. Do you know that God puts you through things to get you in line with His will? 
Do you know there's times that God's going to make you go through trials so that He can align you with somebody else that's going through the same thing you just went through and you're going to be able to encourage them? This word perfect is meaning there's changes going on. The word established means to make strong. It is much like exercise. The more you exercise, the stronger physically you get. It's the same way with trials. The more that you go through, the more endurance you build to be able to handle more trials, tribulations. So if you're here and God's trying you, then He's just getting you in line for the next place He's going to take you. And so when you get to the next place, and you look back, you understand those trials that were going to kill you are the trials that eventually elevate you. The trial that would have destroyed you is the one that saved you. And God continues to do that. And you grow stronger and stronger and go higher and higher. The word strengthen in, our, in this verse means to bind together, meaning no wavering or falling apart Satan would love to tear me apart. Satan would love to tear you apart. But God won't allow us to fall apart. Just because we've went through some trials and tribulations. No. God said that's not the time to crumble. Victory is yours. It's time that you strengthen and bind together. He's saying, I am going to just put you together. You may feel broken. You may not have an answer. But God says, I've aligned you. I'm going to perfect you. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to strengthen you. Not crumble you. A trial is never intended. You need to hear this. A trial is never intended to break you. It is intended to make you stronger and I close with this the next word that he uses he says I'm also going to settle you that means to be grounded you're going to have a good foundation the man built on the sand one built on the rock the trial came the storm came the man on the sand's foundation fell but he who built on the rock it withstood the storm and the trial the more a person goes through the stronger they are grounded. The more they are settled. Ultimate victory is gained as we begin to trust God. And His work of perfection in us is accomplished. So in reality, trials aren't a bad thing. In reality, if you want to grow in God, your trials are actually a great thing. Because God is getting you to where He's going to take you. Can we all stand? I'm closing today. So, so while you're waiting for the victory, this is what I need you to do. I need you to remember to radiate His power, His presence. Let people see His presence in your life. Remember His promises. It's in the Bible. And lastly, rely on His power. When you're weak, He is strong. Your victory will come, but your victory comes in God's time. Somebody may get their victory today. You know, I give an altar call here. Somebody may come and pray and and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the stress they've felt, the burden they've carried today, God could release you from it. And you walk away saying, whoo, man, I don't know what happened, but God did something in me. I can't explain it. The stress is gone. What I was worrying about, it's over. I'm relieved. 
It could happen today. But according to my text, there's some of you in here that you need to understand. Some of you may have to wait just a little longer. Your victory may not come today. Your breakthrough may not come today. But if God is continuing to take you through the trial without giving you what you call your ultimate victory, it is because God is aligning you with His will. I don't know what that will is. I don't know where God's taking you. But there is never a trial that you are going to go through that is going to go unaccounted for. That's going to go unnoticed by God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And He delights in His way. Though sometimes He'll fall. But He will not be cast down. For this mighty powerful God will uphold Him with His strong right hand. See, see, do you understand? I'm telling you, hold on just a little longer. Your victory's on the way. Anybody want to pray today? Sing, sing for me, Pastor Brian. Grab a mic. Anybody want to pray today? I know I have some special requests. Dean's coming. I want to anoint. There's been someone sick. I'm going to anoint that as well. But if you want to come and pray during this time, I invite you to the altar. I invite you. Give it to God. Listen. Listen, if you've been stressed and walking around with stress and you leave this house today still stressed out, that's your fault for not asking God to help you. So if you need God to touch you, don't be ashamed to step out. Don't be ashamed if you're right there in your pew, you don't have strength. You can lift your hand right now and say, God, I need you. Right where you are, God can touch you today. Sing it, Brian. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
Somebody ought to lift their hand. Father, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, creation. Father, today I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you right now. As Satan has tried to whisper in people's ears. 
He's tried to convince them that they don't matter. He's tried to convince them that God doesn't care. He's tried to convince them that the worst is yet to come. I'm asking you to give them your power right now and your strength to rise up. To counteract against what Satan has told them with the word of God. Because everything he's ever said is a lie and he's the father of all liars. He has always lied from the beginning of time. He'll lie until the end of the world. Let us not fall prey to this device that we are not ignorant of. Let us declare loudly that if God is for me, Satan, who can be against me? Let us declare to the devil that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let us go through every verse that we know and quote it. Let the devil know he's got to back off. Let us do what Jesus did. Satan, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. Because if you're not bringing glory to God, if you're not lifting up God, then I don't want to hear it. Get behind me, Satan. Father, give your people strength today. Let somebody know today that they're not alone. That you're with them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. Shake hands and be friends. We love you. See you tonight at 6 o'clock. Thank you, Lord.